Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. to another episode of She Is Wise. Today we are going to be talking about body autonomy and a woman's right to choose. So there may well be some parts of this conversation that you can find a little bit challenging. So if this is something that you think might impact you, just be aware and you know perhaps put the listening off until you're um, in a good space to deal with it. Well, don't listen to it. So up to you, but, um, but we're going to be sharing our thoughts on all of the situations that are going on at the moment over in the States. And yeah, enjoy. We'd love to hear your thoughts at the end of it. Um, it's a really important topic it's a really big conversation and we chatted amongst ourselves about whether we were going to have this conversation and actually what we stand for is being able to have the bigger bolder braver conversations so it felt really important that we did do it you know these are our personal views these are what we believe they don't have to be what anybody else does it's simply an opportunity to share you know our thoughts on an incredibly challenging difficult topic um, in the hope that it will help somebody um, feel like they're not on their own or you know, look at things from a slightly different angle. Yeah, I think that's kind of the best way to start this all off. Um, but as, as we've been doing recently, how are you, my friend? Is life is life generally okay? Yeah, yeah, generally not bad, apart from the fact that it is getting very bloody cold here. Anybody who knows me outside of the podcasting world knows that I am not a winter fan. I am not someone who enjoys being cold. I would much rather be on a beach with a mojito and a good book than um, being in my freezing cold house uh, recording this with you. But <laughs> Let's totally do that. Let's record some podcasts <laughs> from a beach with mojitos. That sounds like a big life goal. Sold. I'm totally <laughs> Um yeah. I mean I'd do anything on a beach with a mojito and you, but um <laughs> yeah, you know, we are moving into that winter space. We've just gone past, you know, the Sawain celebrations here in the southern hemisphere and uh you know the wheel of the year is definitely turning and uh it's getting cold, it's wet, you know, I live pretty damn close to Antarctica and it becomes pretty darn obvious at times. And uh, I think 
the challenge for me is always in um, honoring my own wheel turning in that space. I mean, my birthday is coming up and that's always a pretty good indication to me that winter is on our doorstep. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very much in that space of, oh, I don't want to be doing winter, but at the same time, you know, it's necessary and it offers opportunities to go within and um, really, you know, spend some time resting and replenishing and all of that good stuff. So um, yeah, in a really, really giant nutshell, that's how I'm doing. And how about you? Yeah, no, much the same. Today is pretty miserable out there. I'm not going to lie. I can't see the hills out of my office window, which is always an indicator that it's not a particularly great day. But at the same time, I kind of like, I've always quite liked autumn and winter. I like that layers. I like having the fire on. I like being able to be warm and, and snuggly. So You are from um, England. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> that was your th- first 36 years of your life like pretty much but actually what I love about the winters here in Christchurch is that they start off often in the morning really cold and crispy and very sort of frosty and um, quite foggy and then so you get all dressed for like a really cold day and then by about 11 o'clock in the morning the mist is burnt off and you have a beautiful you know blue sky get to sort of 18 19 degrees and it's it's just gorgeous so it's not one of those days today but um we do have lots of lovely days like that i have to say down here so winter isn't all that bad but um we said we're going to have the braver conversations um, around this sort of body autonomy where do you stand on what's going on at the moment um just in that nutshell um <laughs> yeah what speaking of nuts it drives me nuts <laughs> yeah oh, it just drives you nuts it creates a deep rage inside of me it's just... yeah it awakens something within me um, like my um my wife always jokes that she's an advocate for the stabbing chair um and there's definitely uh some middle-aged white men over in the decision-making uh areas of the US at the moment that I think she would probably advocate for taking their place on that their chair. But for me, um, you know, it's, it's a challenging one because I do recognize that there is always more to the equation than just whether it's, you know, I mean, if there's an unborn child involved in a decision, then do they have rights? Like that's, that's something that everybody is going to have a different opinion on. And I don't think there is ever going to be a conversation that you have around this where everybody sees everything the same way. And so it's a conversation that is really super important. Um, It's really super divisive. And I think the challenge for me at the moment is I know where I stand and I know that I'm surrounded by people who stand in a similar space, but it comes on the back of some really hard years, right? It comes on the back of division around vaccine mandates, around what's, you know, what's been happening in the States politically for the last probably five to 10 years um, has been really divisive. And then, you know, you've also got things like the concept of um, what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. And there's so much division that it feels like another argument that's being had almost under false pretenses. It's like, oh, we're going to start this argument because with everything else that's going on, there will be less people prepared to involve themselves in the argument because they're just all fatigued by it, right? And so for me, I think that's the challenge at the moment is how do we honor our fatigue around division and around being 
made to feel wrong or made to stand up for whatever we believe in? Like, how do we deal with that fatigue and still honor the fact that this is a really fucking important subject, right? And it's a really important subject for so many reasons. But for me personally, if I dive into like what is true for me around this, it should absolutely always be a woman's decision what she does with her own body and until a child is born they are part of her in fact I mean obviously even after that (laughs) that part of her (laughs) I mean that's that's kind of goes without saying but I look at it and I'm like if my wife had been pregnant with our children and actually you know to be fair my wife got really sick with our first son she had preeclampsia she was really really unwell and at that point I had to weigh up like is it better for him to be born and and get medical treatment and and not really know if he's ready to be born or is it better to continue for her to be at risk and and that's a really really fucking hard place to be and anybody who hasn't been at that place and I'm not comparing that to some of the stuff that happens in the space of late-term abortion and that kind of thing. But to be in the space where you have to weigh up whether a child's well-being, an unborn child's well-being or the mother's well-being is more important, you are in a rock and a fucking hard place surrounded by knives. Like you can't win in that situation ever. There is always going to be pain and there is always going to be heartache. And anybody who thinks that that is a decision that should be made in a court of law is so fucking wrong. They can back right out of my world, right? I don't want anything to do with them because it is the most heartbreaking thing to face the consequences of that decision being that someone who deserves to be happy and healthy and well and live a a good productive life, either one of them not having that opportunity because of a decision that you've made, like that's a consequence you can't get away from. Yeah, I I know what you mean. And I find it really interesting that this is a subject of legal and political matter and an interest to be honest because like you I'm very much it is absolutely 100% the woman's choice Uh, like we get to choose what we do with our bodies like there is nothing else that I can say around that that is what I absolutely firmly believe we have the choice and anyone who thinks that that isn't okay I would challenge them to think about why, why on earth is it anybody else's business what I do with my body? And that's where I really struggle with this whole thing being so politicized and so enormously um, controversial is what the fuck has it got to do with anybody else? Like nine times out of 10, seriously? And if it has, then, well, A, let's work out if it really does or if it's just people getting involved for the sake of getting involved. But to make it that women aren't going to be able to, because it's not going to stop abortions. I mean, let's not pretend that that's what this is about. It just sends them underground. It sends them underground and it means that it's not safe. So that in itself is utter bullshit. But then the lawmakers and the people who are so passionate about making these you know, changes and making it not legal for, for women to make a decision about their own body are the same ones who are 
have little or no interest in the children when they're born. <laughs> you know, it's not like anyone's advocating for, hey, let's reduce child poverty. Let's improve schooling. Let's do all of the things that are going to make the lives of these children when they're born better. No, 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 we're not worried about that, but let's just make sure they're born. It's so fucking wrong. <laughs> just like I said, it makes me really ragey. I can see that. <laughs> I know. If anyone could see, I've got big clasped hands ready to, I just, I can't, my, my brain just doesn't compute all of the all of the nuances around how people can can have these opinions and have these beliefs that it's okay to for somebody to tell me what to do with my body number one but then the same people who are doing it have complete disregard for for women and for the children so yeah. it's just like and ah, my brain explodes with it all that's the thing though right like it, it is it is a political football and it is something that they're trying to legislate. And, you know, with any law, they are always going to go for the greater good, right? Like that's the theory behind it anyway, is that they legislate for the majority and some people won't quite fit or won't quite agree or whatever. But at the end of the day, like the collective good is more important than those outliers, I just don't think this is something that that situation feels good about, right? Like I, I don't think saying, oh, we're going to legislate for, you know, and the, the arguments that are being put forward, I don't think are particularly helpful from the perspective of, like I read an article about how, um, you know, not all men want to step away from their parental rights so why does a woman have the right to make that decision if a man wants the baby to be born? You know, and I've, I've seen a lot of arguments about how, you know, men can get women pregnant, men can get a hundred women pregnant and that they shouldn't be able to have a say because the woman doesn't have a say. I think there's, there's always going to be the toing and froing around that stuff, Right. I don't think that's necessarily something that we're ever going to successfully legislate for. It's, it's human behavior. You can't legislate for all of human behavior. And, you know, I guess for me, like there is that real intellectual kind of, it's almost like they're trying to make it an academic equation that, you know, you can go, okay, it fits into this space. The answer is X, therefore this is what we do. I don't think it's that simple. And I think, you know, beyond being a human rights issue, I think it's a wider, um, a wider issue that we need to look at. And that is, why do we feel the need to legislate people's decision making and behavior in such a way that there is no free will? Right. Why do we feel the need to have that? Because that's ultimately what it is. And what's interesting about this particular conversation is that it it's not like it impacts a small percentage of the population i mean in theory it does because there will be a, a limited amount of people who will you know have babies who will decide that that this is what what needs to happen for them but it's impacting 50% of the population. It is basically telling 50% of the population that they are not allowed to make a choice around their body. Like how is that okay to even be having a conversation about? I mean, forget all the other things that this is potentially going to lead on to with people being impacted. I mean, we're talking about 
it's the minority that aren't going to be impacted by it at the end of it. You know, when we look, when you hear the president talking about the impact it might have on gay marriage, on all of the other different aspects that it's going to potentially, because it's all to do with the privacy element, isn't it? Like couples being able to choose the contraception that they use. All of these things that you just think, but it's nothing to do with anybody else. Like it's got nothing to do. What? How is this where we're spending our time and energy when there are so many bigger things that need to be resolved and understood? Yeah. Like I just, it, what you said earlier about it almost being a distraction, it's almost kind of creating this space where they can get stuff through without it having the impact because everybody is so fatigued by all of the division and all of the stuff going on in the world that it's just like, well, what do I, and also what do I do about it? What does Ellie in Christchurch do about the fact that there are nine Supreme judges who are going through a bit of constitutional law to make a decision that is going to fundamentally change millions of people's lives, but actually it's not going to impact my life. But I am still like, this cannot happen. And there's so many, I, it's a really difficult place to be because it's like, how do we, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. Aaron, tell me, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it feels a little bit like that first crack of the snow in an avalanche, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know that it's not going to end well for anybody, really. Yeah. Um, but there's fuck all you can do about it. Um, unless you can get everybody out of the way. Mm. And and that's kind of, I think, like, you know, I, lo- I look at the whole concept of, um, of body autonomy and, you know, this is, you can go into all kinds of different scenarios around this, right? You know, the, the teenage girl who's raped and gets pregnant and doesn't have the right to then end that despite the immense physical and emotional trauma that she will go through, um, you know, but like I've had people very close to me who have chosen to abort quite late in a pregnancy because the science isn't there yet to identify that that child was going to have, you know, real physical and medical challenges that they weren't going to survive, you know, and ultimately every mother, every parent, um, but every mother, especially because she is the one who carries the majority of the load, um, should have the choice to say, actually, I know my child is only going to live four hours, but I get to choose whether that four hours happens or not. Or saying like, I know that I've already got five children and that four of them have, you know, how many, how many people have had a number of children and then have had that baby that comes along that they weren't expecting and it makes everything harder right? And they've, they've made a choice to be in that situation to say, okay, yep, we're going to have this baby, but they should equally have the choice to say, actually, I just can't do that. And like, it's really interesting for me because, you know, when they dive into those sort of moral high ground, an unborn child has a right to life kind of things. I always kind of go a little bit to that spiritual part of me. That's like, actually, I don't necessarily believe that, them being born into this human existence is the best thing for them. You know, I think we as, and and this is going to get a little bit complicated, so feel free to ask questions if I ramble. Um, For me, like I believe that we choose to come to this human existence. And as part of that, sometimes we get it wrong, right? Sometimes we choose to come and we're like, actually, I don't really want that. And so we go, we 
abort, abort, abort the mission, right? Um, and that, you know, that's miscarriage or whatever. I think equally, sometimes we come because there's a lesson that needs to happen for the mother that we can serve them with. We'll go back again, right? I don't think that that necessarily, like, I think there's a whole, and that's just like my own truth around spirituality and spiritual beings being having a human experience and all of that stuff, right? Not everybody is going to believe that and that's totally fine and I totally get that. But if for a moment we played devil's advocate and looked at maybe that is true, mm-hmm. then I don't think the, the moral high ground that they're supposedly taking is necessarily as big and as bold as they think it is. Well, the problem with moral high grounds is that there's only room for a certain amount of people on said high ground. So whenever you're in that space of taking the moral high ground, somebody is not going to agree with you. It's creating division. It's elevating your opinion to being better than somebody else's. And and that's not a way that creates any sort of harmony in life. You yeah. know? I mean, and what I think is really interesting about all of this, and we've talked about it a bit before, is that every time there is an opportunity for women to rise, so, and we can look at sort of various stages, you know, even just in the last century. So um, during the second world war when women start you know all the men were out fighting and and the first world war all the men were fighting so women had to step in and they had to do a lot of work they had to run the farms they had to run the factories they had to do all of these things because there was nobody else to do it if you then look at all of the advertising and marketing in the 50s so after the 40s so women have done all of this they've rolled up their sleeves they've got on with it you look at the marketing in the 50s and the general vision like of the 50s is that you know little woman cinched in waist pushing a vacuum cleaner you know holding a plate of dinner for you know her darling husband (laughs) yeah and like she'd got it all you know oh it's okay you can go back to doing all of that but actually was that really a way of you know come on get back in your box you've done your bit you've helped us for a while and then again you look at it again you look in the the 60s when there was sort of that you know burning of the bras the feminism it all started rising it all started to come up and again it was squished down again in the 70s and the 80s it was like well no you've got to behave like this you you shouldn't be going out you should you know there's always been every time there is this sort of rising of women being like oh no actually we've we've got this we're we're totally we can be equals and we can do all of the stuff there's a whole heap of people like no 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 let's squish that down and whether it's done you know on purpose whether there's consciousness around it or whether it is just an unconscious response to an uprising of a, of a group then I, I don't know the answer to that but what I do know is that you can witness through history women being oppressed after there has been a rising and that feels like what's going on at the moment there has been so many changes and you know there's been so much talk about equality and there's been so much talk about you know women really you know being equal and and getting there and there's been big movements you know we nearly had a female president in the states um you know nearly we've got women running countries all over the place yeah there's you know women are holding their own in many, many spaces that they have not been allowed to in the past. So it doesn't surprise me that there is this now sort of real sort of desperation to <laughs> to squash us back down. And yeah, we're having conversations like this that, you know. Let's be honest, like that is absolutely deliberate. There is, you know, no question as to whether or not that's just an accidental thing that happens. That is absolutely deliberate. It's um, it's the patriarchy trying to take back the power. And, you know, and they weaponize things. They weaponize things like religion to do that. 
um, and they take the patriarchal structures that they have relied upon for centuries uh, and they use those against women. Um, and that's what's happening ultimately is they're weaponizing faith, they're weaponizing religion and saying, actually, this is why you cannot have the rights that you deserve. And, you know, I think they, it's that real sense of woundedness that comes from that. That is the ironic thing for me. You know, they're sitting there and they're like, oh, we have the power here. Well, actually, no, you don't. You're so freaking wounded that you're acting like children who are retreating back to the structures that kept you safe. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, this house is on fire. Our, our world is on fire. So we're just going to retreat back to the houses that kept us safe before. Well, that's fine. That's totally fine to have that behavior. Um, but what's going to happen from that is that women are going to take the fire, the raging fire that is happening outside of your house, and they're going to bring it inside your house now. And that is how we challenge them. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing in all the memes. You know, I love a good meme and the things about, you know, women being told that they're, they're getting older and getting crazy and they've got all these ridiculous. No, they know they're, no, women. They know they're fucking truth. angry. They're fucking furious about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And that, that anger is is there and it's rising up and, and it is getting to the stage where, you know, we're having conversations like this. Someone who, you know, doesn't like getting into trouble and doesn't say things that might upset the masses. Well, she's just saying what she thinks right now because actually it's too important not to. Well, we carry um, the rage of generations of women around the oppression that comes from being born into a woman's body. And that rage uh, until now has been, um, it's been weaponized against us first and foremost. You know, mm -hmm. if you're angry, if you're an angry woman, you're a crazy bitch. But I think the other part of it now is that we're starting to understand that actually we can collectivize around that rage and we can all say different things, but mean the same thing and have that be okay. I think in the past, what women haven't been great at is they've got into their little factions, their little cliques that have been like, right, this is the cause that we're going to burn our bras for. This is the cause we're going to stand on the hill for. And then the next group of women are like, well, that doesn't really fit my agenda. So I'm going to go over here and be in this space. And so you have a whole part and it's really easy for the patriarchy just to drive wedges between them and make them fight amongst themselves. Now we're getting to a stage where we've got a whole pile of women who are prepared to stand for the various things, um, but they're all starting to notice that actually the, the most important thing is not the thing that they're fighting for on face value, but it's the thing that underlies that. And that is that women have a voice and it needs to be heard. They have rights. And that's what I think we are starting to see and why we're starting to see a really big shift just in terms of the consciousness of women is that there are so many more of us stepping up and saying, actually, I totally get that that's what you're arguing for. And that's not something I'm prepared to stand up for right now because I'm standing for this thing over here, but I will stand for you. Yeah. And I, and I think what's, wonderful when you see that happening when you see that activism within women is that it's not just about what's right for us as well it's actually a much bigger like what is right for the collective how do we help everybody rise 
Yeah. And and that's what's so, and I always think that's what's so ironic about the patriarchy. It doesn't actually benefit all men. It benefits a very small minority of men, and yet they are unfortunately the ones who have the most power and the most money and the smallest willies. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally said it. <laughs> Teeny tiny. Um, yes. But it is, it's about like the, and I think that's what's so, uh, I do think that's what's so wonderful about women coming together is that it does allow that collective rising. It allows us to look at all of the the groups of society that have been challenged or oppressed or held back or squashed or whatever word you want to use and say, hang on a minute, that's not okay. That's not okay for anyone to tell you what to do or how you should live your life or what you should be doing. No, that's, you know, it's, there's so much has been based on fear in the past and, you know, based on one person's view of the world and how it should be. And actually, no, that's not true. It's certainly not true for me. And I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not having it. (laughs) And it's the the first drop in the ocean, right? This erosion of women's rights and erosion of bodily autonomy and those kinds of things, like to get back to that concept of, of body autonomy. Like if you can tell me that I can't abort a child who is going to put my own life at risk then what else can you tell me to do with my body right what else can you force me into that goes and puts my life at risk or makes me do something that I can't actually live with myself for and I think that's um that's the the fear that I think a lot of us are feeling is that we know that this is just the first drop in the ocean and that actually on the back of this, you know, we're starting to see, you know, there's the transgender and LGBTQ rights being eroded. What's next after that? You know, like... like the, the, hand, the Handmaid's Tale comes true, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that we need to get back to every time is that this isn't an argument about abortion. This isn't an argument about whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing to do to terminate a pregnancy for whatever reason, right? This is an argument about whether or not it is right to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. Yeah. And I firmly believe that that is worth standing for. Um, and I, I don't think I know any woman who would disagree with that, regardless of the stance that you have about abortion and about whether or not that is a moral thing to do or the right thing to do medically or, or whatever, like that is actually irrelevant because what we are being asked to do right now is to stand up and say, you can't make me do something that I don't want to do with my own body. Big chats, friend. <laughs> Chats. And you know, and and we're gonna watch the situation and and watch how it un you know unfurls. It's 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 a terrifying time, I have to say, to to be in 2022 and to be even having this conversation. It's just like, geez, when are we gonna like oh man, just there's a lot of head shaking here and just frustration and and like I said, just all outrage um about what we're being told we can and can't do. It's just it's well, it's an exhibition of money and power, isn't it? And a reminder to the world that 
the money and the power is still definitely rooted in the patriarchy and white men. And, you know, that's that while it's a reminder, that doesn't have to be the final say. No, absolutely. And that's for us to to decide what we plan to do about that. So if you have any ideas or if you want to dive into the chat, um, reach out, get in touch. Absolutely. The conversation is really important. You know, have a talk to the people that are in your life about where they stand on it and where, you know, test your truth in it all. You know, really be clear on what it is you think, because until you know that, it's really difficult to really stand firmly in what you believe. But, um, and it's scary when you do, because there will be people who do not like these conversations. There will be people who do not want to hear what we are saying. But you know what? They've got to hear it, because if they don't hear it, they're not going to be able to be challenged or questioned or think about it in any other way. So, yeah. I think the last point that I just want to quickly make is that don't think that just because we are standing here now having this conversation saying this thing, that that means it's comfortable for us to do that. Don't think that because we are being vocal about our opposition to what is happening in the world around this stuff, that we are so fucking brave that we're standing out in the world with our placards and all of those things. That is not the reality. The reality is we're two angry women in our offices talking to each other and allowing the rage to spill over in a space that we trust it will be safe and that it will serve us. And hopefully serve others. And hopefully serve others, exactly. But that is deeply uncomfortable, right? That is not something that we come to from a place of, yeah, man, I feel fucking awesome about that. I'm pretty sure as soon as we finish this, there will be a massive vulnerability hangover going on with both of us. So I will let you know how that goes. (laughs) 100%. I want you to recognize that if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I could never say that that's how I feel. um, I just, I want you to understand that that level of discomfort that you feel, that's normal. Like that's totally normal. And what's, what's, it's even almost necessary, I think. Because that's how you know that shit matters, right? When you have that sense of, I really want to say this, but it feels uncomfortable, you know it matters because you wouldn't be uncomfortable if it was something that wasn't going to change the world. Great place to end it. Wise words indeed. So we'd love to know your thoughts. Let us know um, how this resonated. What's on your heart that you need to share at the moment? Um, You can follow us, you can find us, you can connect with us and all of those things would be much appreciated. Um, Much love and keep yourself safe in these very challenging times. Thanks for listening to this episode of She Is Wise. If you've enjoyed this content, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can drop a review on your favourite podcast platform, share with all your friends. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. To learn more about Awakening the Wise Woman and what we do in the world, head on over to awakeningthewisewoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.